This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I think Ireland have been trying to address that There was a visit from some European parliamentarians recently. Ireland had uh, originally planned for the DPC effectively to be run by three commissioners rather than the current one commissioner, Helen Dixon. This episode, Tom Fox and Jonathan Armstrong take a deep dive into the Irish Data Protection Commission fine of 405 million euros against the company formerly known as Facebook, now known as Meta. What led to the fine and what are the lessons learned? Live with GDPR was recently honored with a W3 award for best podcast in professional services. Thanks to all our listeners. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor and then we'll be back with Life with GDPR. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Jonathan Armstrong for another edition of the award-winning Life with GDPR. Jonathan, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Jonathan, I don't know if the moniker Evil Empire is appropriate. I don't know if the question, can I have another dance with you, is appropriate. But we're back with our good friends. And Meta was fined by Ireland, which is probably rates of podcast in and of itself. But we got word today, as posted on the quarterly compliance website, that to no one's surprise, Meta is appealing the fine by the Ireland Data Protection Authority. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to discuss this case. I think it really has lots of implications for a lot of data compliance officers, both sides of the pond. Maybe you could start with the background facts and what led to the original... It seems as if this was a whistleblower complaint, effectively, in that there has been some research done on the way in which certain well-known social media operations took the data of children. And this seems to be part of a campaign. And by the way, we're also expecting a fine for TikTok as part of the same review. But what seems to have happened is that this concerns Instagram, owned by uh, Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook. And what seems to have happened is that it allowed minors, or those legally minors, to sign up to Instagram. And people aged between 13 and 17 could also opt for an Instagram professional account. Now, why would they do that? Because as I'm sure you say, Tom, every day, it's all about the likes. And the pro account apparently enables you to monitor more about the likes in your uh, long-standing march to become an Instagram influencer and sign up those free trips and 
free toothpaste and free cosmetics that's the dream of many 13 to 17 year olds so what happened then is that if you signed up for a pro the default privacy settings were different so the under 17 year olds personal details were shown on your instagram profile and that obviously isn't a good thing when children are involved so the complaint was made to the dpc the data protection commission in ireland because for regulatory purposes facebook has its eu seat in ireland so this was one of those complex proceedings under the GDPR mechanism that allows a lead authority to investigate a complaint effectively on behalf of all EU DPAs with process for review by the other data protection authorities that are interested in the claim. So the DPC started its investigation in September 2020, as I say, after this tip-off from an American data scientist. The DPC was concerned about the amount of data that could be accessed, particularly, as I've said, if you signed up a pro account, the default setting was that data was shared. And GDPR, as we talked before, contains obligations for data protection by design, data protection by default, which effectively means that corporations and organizations should show the minimum amount of data, not the maximum. And it's important to say, I think, that this is obviously in line with a whole rising trend, as we've talked about before, of rising GDPR enforcement. As we sit here today, there's about 1.88 billion euros of publicly disclosed GDPR fines, more than 1,600 uh, of those fines. This obviously gets into the top five, but it's a sign of a trend rather than something revolutionary. It's it's similar in some respects to another DPC case against WhatsApp of 225 million euros in September 2021. So a big fine, perhaps not huge given Meta's turnover. But another interesting, there are two other interesting aspects of the case, I think. Firstly, it went through something called a consistency mechanism, which is somehow misnamed. But effectively, it gives the chance for other European data protection authorities to say whether they think the fine is too high or too low. And here, six DPAs disagreed with the draft fine from Ireland. So it went through the EDPB dispute resolution process and effectively some changes were made to the draft decision, but the proposed fine wasn't altered. It seems that one of Meta's grounds for appeal is going to be around this process. And here there's a potential lack of transparency, I think. Some of the authorities that are almost disagreeing with a fine of 405 million euros haven't levied a fine of more than a million euros themselves. So there is an element of of DPAs almost criticizing low fines, but not eating their own 
dog food, if you like. And then the second interesting aspect, I think, is, again, a real trend under GDPR. It's not just a fine. There are also like injunctions, if you like, to make Meta do things. So they've ordered Meta to put in place remedial measures in addition to the fines. And again, we've talked about this before, Tom, when we looked at Telecom Italia Mobile, for example, the Tim case in Italy, where there was a fine there of what, whatever it was, 20 million euros-ish plus a list of remedial measures. And this case, again, carries on that trend. Uh, as I say, it's a high fine. It's sign of a concentration on children's data protection rights. And we can expect many more of these cases, as I say, particularly against TikTok, which is also going through this EDB, EDPB process. And as you said, Meta have already appealed. They lodged the appeal on September 29th. And as we've said before, there's a relatively high success rate with appeals Meta have got more appeals going on at the moment, both in Ireland and at an EU level. And I think it is a significant case, but it's not one where you could guarantee that this level of fine will be upheld going. Jonathan, there has been, if not criticism, commentary about Ireland, their perhaps lack of rigor or lack of aggressiveness in enforcing GDPR. Do you see the Irish response here as answering some of that criticism? I think in some respects. I think the you're right that there's been a continual criticism of Ireland. I think Ireland have been trying to address that. There was a visit from some European parliamentarians recently. Ireland had uh, originally planned for the DPC effectively to be run by three commissioners rather than the current one commissioner, ha Helen Dixon. They've pushed those plans forward so we can expect the appointment of another two commissioners. I don't think Ireland is necessarily seen as weak. I think it's seen as slow. And the theory is that by appointing another two commissioners, then you can sort of accelerate because you're not relying on one commissioner to sign off steps in the case. I know that there are some people in Ireland that say it's not as easy as that. But Ireland is trying, I think, to demonstrate that it's listening to these concerns. And of course, they're fundamental to the whole one-stop shop process. We've seen DPAs like France, for example, almost try and bypass the delays in, um, in Ireland by taking on more enforcement themselves. And one-stop shop was always a sort of pipe dream, if you like. As we've said on other podcasts, I don't think it was ever likely to work. And the fact that Ireland uh, has been slow to react to some of these big cases has, I think, accelerated the death of one-stop shop. So that's something that obviously the Irish authorities particularly are trying to protect. Jonathan, you've also listed, as always, in your quarterly, compl quarterly 
compliance, client alerts section on practical tips or what I would call lessons learned. So I wanted to maybe explore those in a little bit, but it strikes me that certainly with tip number one, proper planning is the key. You speak about having a plan and then executing on that plan, which I really thought rounded out two, three, and four, but don't be wedded to a plan so strongly that you can't change based upon facts and circumstances as they develop. Or perhaps another way is as your risks change, modify your risk risk management profile. So I was wondering if you might be able to go through some of the lessons for the data privacy data protection officer from this original or at least ruling today. Yeah, I think one of the fundamental principles is this <laughs> data protection by design, data protection by default. In almost all walks of life, we're data hungry. If we're doing an internal investigation, we try and swallow up as many emails as possible. If we're involved in litigation, we try and swallow emails and sweat them for the facts. If we're involved in selling to consumers, we try and acquire as much data on them as we can. If we're involved in business-to-business selling, we try and sweat as much data as we can and collect as much data as we can. I can remember, just as a slightly amusing aside, looking at uh, records on a Salesforce-type system that salesmen had compiled on a particular key decision maker where they noted the fact that he always chipped them on price unless they took him to a restaurant and bought a certain bottle of wine and then only raised the price after desserts were being served, then he would always agree. So, so there were detailed instructions for salesmen. You must take him to a restaurant. You must say that you like such and such a bottle of wine, which is his favorite. You must say, what a coincidence that we both like this wine. You must make sure that he gets the majority of it. You must say, yes, I do fancy a dessert, and only then mention price. So a lot of organizations will take that last bit of data if they think it will get them a commercial advantage or if they think it'll get them where they want to be in an investigation or whatever. And so one of the messages from this case is is there are risks with that approach. If you acquire too much data, that can be risky. And particularly if you share too much data, particularly if you share that data online, not with whom then that's a risky behavior. So for many organizations, one of the lessons learned is going to be, what is the minimum amount of data I need to obtain? And what is the minimum amount of data I need to share? So for many organizations, they'll end up almost with a sort of a two, two columns on a piece of paper saying, this is the data I need to obtain, and this is my justification for obtaining that data. And then they'll have to do a wider assessment of that whole process. It's called a data protection impact assessment under GDPR. So let's look at what could go wrong and what we can do to mitigate those risks. In the past, Facebook have been criticized for not doing DPIAs to the satisfaction of the Irish authorities. This might just be another one of those cases. So it might show us that DPIAs are going to be asked for more and more by authorities when they look at enforcement. Another 
area to look at is what's called legitimate interest. There's quite a lot of litigation on this at a European level at the moment. Many organizations just say, it's in our legitimate interest. It's in our interests to obtain that data. That's a really narrow, it's like the eye of a needle to get through the legitimate interest test for some types of data. Just saying it's in your legitimate interest isn't enough. You have to do a legitimate interest assessment. You have to explain the checks and balances in place, and there are transparency obligations with that as well. And if you don't do that, that's likely to lead to a fine. And then finally, the data protection principles are principles to live by when obtaining and processing data. So they're in Article 5 of GDPR. They're written better than many other bits of GDPR. I don't say well, but they're written better. And so you need to follow those principles in your impact assessment. How long do you need data for? When are you going to destroy it? Have you been fair and open with people? Are you securing the data? All of those principles will help guide you whenever you're reviewing your existing practices or putting new practices in. So, Jonathan, the, do you have any sense of the timing of the appeal mechanism? How long are we looking at really another 18 months of appellate process? That could be the case. I think the last time Facebook was involved in an appeal from memory, they launched three different appeals. So the European process is somewhat complex. It may be that the Irish appeal is just the first out of the blocks and there are some others to come as well. The earlier appeals haven't been heard yet. There have been some provisional hearings, I think, in Ireland on the earlier cases. But my suspicion is we're probably at least 18 months away from resolution. It's important to remember that the biggest fine to date is against Amazon. They're probably about a year further along the road with their appeal, at least anecdotally. The Luxembourg appeal process is quicker than the Irish appeal process, and the Amazon appeal still hasn't been determined. So I think realistically, we're probably looking a couple of years down the line yet, I think. Jonathan, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I suspect we'll be able to revisit it down the road. Yes, indeed. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with GDPR. We're going to link to the quarterly compliance client alert on this topic. So I hope you will check that out. The uh, link will be in the show notes. I'd like to tell you about two recent limited edition podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network. The first one celebrated 100th anniversary of the publication of James Joyce's Ulysses. It's entitled Ulysses at 100. Lessons for the 21st Century Compliance Professional. The second is Never the Same, Why Business Has Changed Forever After the Russian Invasion of Ukraine in Five Key Areas, Supply Chain, Sanctions, and a Corruption as National Security Issue, Cybersecurity, and ESG. You can check out both of these podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network. The Ulysses series is under the podcast series, Greetings and Felicitations. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for joining us, and I hope you'll join Jonathan and I again where we take up another issue around GDPR.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.